You're listening to the podcast for grain merchandisers by grain merchandisers. Join us in our good humored attempt to serve as a voice of reason in an industry fraught with misconceptions and half truths. And now, from deep in America's heartland, this is the Elevator's Cut. Welcome back to the Elevators Cut. We're here live from Master Management Conference here in Kansas City, uh, and we have with us today a guest. He's going to speak, uh, be our keynote speaker today, at the conference. And we was uh, fortunate enough to get him here before uh, he went on to give us a little spill about himself. Uh, so please welcome to the podcast, uh, Mr. Damien Mason. Thank you for having me on the Elevators Cut, Roger and Jason. I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, I'm going to be talking to your audience later, but you know what? This is a nice chance to talk to the audience of the Elevators Cut. I listened to this in the hotel room this morning when I was getting ready, so I'm excited to be here. Well, bless your heart for listening. Now, now Damien, you have your own podcast with quite a following and everything, but um, we want to share share later. But uh, today we wanted to get you to talk about how uh, grain elevators – which is our audience can market themselves better. That, that's always an issue I think with grain elevators that we found is they provide a lot of service. They work hard for their, for their producers, but don't always communicate that value to them to, to turn them into repeat customers and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, there's an issue in agriculture that some folks, and we're great people, you know, and just so your listeners understand, I know where we're going to be derogatory toward anybody that's involved in the business of agriculture. I have a a podcast called The Business of Agriculture. I speak at conferences all over North America to and about the business of agriculture. I own farms in Indiana. I was raised on your traditional Midwest Indiana dairy farm. Uh, You know, we milked 60 cows, farmed 500 acres. So I get the agriculture thing. I was raised amongst it. I invest in it. I'm educated and, and speak and involve myself in the business. But the one thing about the uh, good people of agriculture is there's this idea that you, uh, you're not supposed to talk too much about what you do. And then we almost fall into a commodity mentality. I mean, we produce a commodity and we're getting better about this. And one of the things I preach, uh, Jason, is that just because you're a commodity producer doesn't mean you have to have a commodity mentality. Commodity mentality is you just produce as cheap as you can, as much of as you can, and by God, you throw it in the bin, and there it is. How many gallons can we squeeze out of a Holstein? How many pounds can we throw on a steer in a feed yard in Nebraska? How cheaply can we do it? And there you go, customer. You got cheap food. And the customer doesn't care about cheap food anymore. Uh, I mean, look at the marketplace in the United States of America. When you're selling quinoa and hemp milk and uh, you know organic tofu hot dogs, it tells me that we're not all about cheap food. So extrapolate that far this commodity mindset, if you will, to our business. And so we got folks that are listening to the elevators cut that run grain elevators. And they probably are preconditioned to be very defensive, to be very much, how can we squeeze out an extra quarter cent on this bushel? How can we grab another penny over here on a a basis move? Well, that's fine. That's how they make money. But just because they're commodity traders does not mean they need to have a commodity mindset. And that's what we're going to talk about today on on Be a Promoter, if you will. So I think one of the big issues that uh, grain companies have, and seeing this in my own life at the two elevators I ran, was that so much of your repeat customer business is is inertia driven or ge- geographically driven because you're right there. These same guys going to come to you all the time. So I think part of the issue is that we as an industry or this side of the industry uh, see the customers come back year after year. So we don't think it requires a lot of marketing or more than what our price is. And, and that's one of the things we've talked about is that 
probably the primary way that grain companies market themselves is through their price. And that's probably the worst way to do it. Well, just think about that. If that's what you're selling, if, if your brand is, uh, I'm the cheapest, I'm the cheapest, there's always some dumb dumb that's going to be cheaper than you. And then the other part of it is, what happens when you can't be cheapest? On that particular day, week, month, quarter, where your numbers are such that you can't be cheapest, so or most, you know, or highest bid, or whatever that thing should be. When I go through the whole thing, I, I guess I got to clarify this also, you know, I've been around for a long time, and I, I've spoken to every conceivable organization, uh, you know, from car dealer associations to fertilizer to you, you name it. And I break it out like this. I say that there's three elements to the marketing mix. And I'm not talking about grain marketing. I'm talking about marketing your industry. And I call it the, the marketing, as I see it, is marketing is telling the world who you are. Advertising would be telling a specific segment of the world, who you are, but what you can do for them. And then sales would be asking that specific segment to do business with you. So marketing, here's who we are, here's who we are, here's who we are. Advertising is, you are a farmer, we can do this for you. And then sales is picking up the phone, getting in your truck, driving out there and saying, we not only can do this for you, we want to do this for you, what does it take to do business with you? So there's probably a little bit of a lack of the uh, the selling side of it on the grain elevator side. There's probably, uh, you know, I can think about go- growing up on the dairy farm and how things still are in my town of Huntington, Indiana. Advertising to them is they put an ad in the paper every fall and say, don't forget about your friends over here at XYZ Elevator. And then they probably buy a hog at the local county fair and get their picture taken. And they might sponsor uh, a ham sandwich every March. Now, that's all fine in consumer outreach. But did we specifically say, hey, here's how I can make you more money, farmer, grain seller? No, we didn't do any of that. Those were really all marketing outreach because none of those specifically said, here's what I can do for you. Remember, we said marketing is telling the world what you do. Uh, XYZ Elevator just bought a hog at the county fair for and got their picture in the local newspaper. That's fantastic. Did we say in any fell swoop there what we can do for you to make you more money? No. And then, of course, did we specifically get in contact with a customer and say, hey, I want to make you more money. So the only outreach they really had was the kid's hog that they bought, hopefully that person's parent. And they also probably pissed off 16 other customers so they didn't buy that kid's hog. Yes. So, <laughs> so, that's exactly right. So that, that, what we just established there is that's kind of how we've gone to market for a long time in this business and it seems like there's a better way yeah and a big part of the grain elevator business is there's only so many farmers in the area everybody knows who they are and they they may even do business with them but as we know the business changes farmers get bigger they build their own space they have their own semis on and on and the elevator feels threatened by it some uh sometimes they shrug their shoulders and say well i guess that's just the way it is but there's, of course, a service that can be provided by the elevator and a service that they have been providing this customer for a long time. So a lot of times it is just making their customers understand the true service they're getting that that they really don't understand. They just – the farmers look at it, hey, this is a place I can go and dump grain if I need it, but if I can build my own space and my own trucks – that, that's the only thing they do for me. So if I can, if I have that, I don't need them, which is completely not true. There's a lot of service elevators provide that their customers don't even realize. And so, so then, then there are other challenges, just communicating that to guys that already do business with them and making them see the value. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, I think it's just endemic of the ag industry in general where we're so insular a lot of times 
that we're always on the back foot playing defense. Like, like Damien said earlier, we, we're taking a defensive tone because now we're defending something we do or trying to right a wrong that, that's been put out there, the wrong information. And, uh, you know, if we could just be a little proactive and get our story out there. And, again, I think it's a it's just the nature of the people we are in the industry. But it's, you, it's not um, – being arrogant to go tell people what you do, be obvious. You don't have to be condescending, but you can certainly be obvious with what you do and make sure people understand it. And also what you can do for them. Again, that's where we keep going home. Yeah, okay, I think anybody in any town of uh, that has a grain elevator within 10 miles of radius of it probably knows, oh, that's a place over there. They're along the railroad track, and they got big grain bins. That's a grain elevator. Okay, we got that. And, and our, why is our marketing still... Why is our marketing still just continually saying, yep, we're a big old grain terminal. Yep, we're a grain terminal. Yep, we're a grain elevator. I think everybody's got that. You know, those big concrete buildings that, hell, they're the only skyscrapers in the county, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I think we got that. You mentioned the word defense. Let me tell you another thought on this because we're, we're kind of talking to small business owners and operators. That's who grain elevator people are. They're, they're business owners and operators. I always say that if you want to be an entrepreneur, the people you should never listen to about your business venture are your accountant, your lawyer, and your banker. Now, you should look for your accountant on how to keep you legal on taxes. You look for your lawyer on how to keep you legal through your contracts and how your, you know, your, your paperwork is set up. And then you should look to your, your banker if you need to, to have a line of credit to make sure that you're never going to get squeezed or your long-term uh, real estate money. But if you ask these people, hey, I'm going to do this new venture, every one of them would advise against you doing that because they all play defense. And so when I think about an elevator operator or owner, I think about a person that really similarly is trained like a banker, lawyer, or accountant to play defense. Oh, I don't think I'd do that. Well, we could lose, we could lose a little bit of money. And so instead of looking at forward entrepreneurial ventures, they train themselves on how to squash them because they find the risk in those ventures. Instead, sit around and, and there they are left with how to figure out a way to make an extra penny and a half on a bushel of wheat. So I'm not being mean because I understand that's their background, but just realize that you probably as an elevator owner and operator are very similar to an accountant, an attorney, or a banker in that you look at everything and see the risk and how to avoid the risk and how to squash this new venture because it might have inherent risk. And entrepreneurial thinking is completely counter to that. Entrepreneurs obviously are probably too much the other direction. They're, you know, it's the old thing about they're the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, so here we are in Kansas City. Offense, 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 offense. <laughs> By God, you think you can beat us? We're going to put up 63 points in the first half. Yeah. And, you know, the conservative thing comes out sometimes too with some of the, like, uh, uh, just for example, some, some of the co ops out there and their boards. And, and not to pick on co-ops, but just as a, you know, I'm thinking of some in, in my mind that I've, I've dealt with over the years and one I worked at where they were so conservative, it was actually hurting them. It wasn't just, we're playing defense. It's, we're, we're, you know, we've gone over the line now, whether it be super cheap storage rates or really bad grain buying policies, uh, not investing money in infrastructure, wh whatever it is, it's, it's actually detrimental, not just at a standstill. They're actually going backwards. Yeah, and by the way, I want to make sure, because I know that we've got time for crunches here, and we have, we, we have uh, we can't keep our listeners on all the line, but I've got plenty of ideas on uh, some things that your folks can do, because, again, I understand grain elevators. I drive by them. I work for them. I, you know, I, I don't, I, rent, I cash rent my land out, so I don't have a direct relationship, but obviously it all comes back to me. Space is a commodity. You know, if, the, if, you're, if your branding position is, we've got space for you to put your bushels, 
that's just a pure commodity. Then it just becomes of how cheap can I stick my corn somewhere? So there's no, there's no big upsell to that, right? Just like we said, telling the world what you do. Hey, we're this great big old grain bin. Well, they got that. Advertising we talked about is where I think some of your uh, listeners could probably benefit a little bit. What can we do for you? And then the, the big part of that is it's make you money and give you a more innovative way to move your product. Move, move your product in a more, uh, shall we say, protected way. I mean, there's all those things. That's the advice part, the grain brokerage part, etc. But there's another part of this that I, I tell all my business crowds, that we got to realize the shotgun approach is the way to go. When I was back in sales 25 years ago, the shotgun approach was this bad idea. Remember, you'd sit there and say, oh, well, you're just too scattered. You're not focused enough. you got to go with the rifle approach. And I say that more and more, the shotgun approach is absolutely what we need as business owners to go and find our clients. I'll give you an example. Okay, the rifle approach is very focused, but a rifle shoots one projectile at one non-moving object. Well, what in the marketplace now is stationary. Absolutely nothing. So your shotgun approach, when I look at what you got to do to be successful in today, 2019, I think you have to have a lot of projectiles thrown out there into the air to hit a moving target, just like sporting clays, for instance. You've got young farmers. They need the knowledge. Now, they've never sold a bushel of corn on a forward contract. Then you've got the old guy that knows more about grain marketing than perhaps the elevator operator because he's got 10,000 acres and he's been doing this for a long, long time. What's his need? Well, he probably needs something that you can offer. And then, of course, you've got the mid-level people, the operators that are somewhere in between. Well, I need the knowledge, or hey, I need the outreach, or hey, I need the storage capacity, or hey, I need you in a fix, or hey, you guys cover me because I'm so busy. I'm a single operator. I need you to just have trucks available for me. So... Really think about shooting a sporting clay with a shotgun shell. You've got all those little pellets in there, and you're throwing them out into the air. One must realize that the outreach of our effort is is probably best used like a shotgun trying to shoot a, a sporting clay. It's going to have to have a bunch of different pellets because each one of those pellets is a is a sort of method that you're using to reach those people because we've got so many people and so much motion. Again, your, your marketplace is not stagnant, but also the customers that your elevators serve are very, very different. Some are on different trajectories. Some are slowing down. Some are coasting. Some are going to sit on the 1,000 acres they farm, and they're exactly where they want to be because they've got a job in town. And then there's this person that's expanding. So I think you really got to think about how to hit each different market or each different customer in the market where they are. And again, the ham sandwich might get a couple of them. The buying the hog might get some of them. The ad in the local free newspaper during the ag supplement that comes out every March might get some of them. But I think you're going to have to up, up your game a little bit because you're probably missing out on opportunities to tell your story to people that just think you're nothing more than a place to stick bushels. Yeah, that's a great point. A lot of people look at their farmer customers and they say, how do we market to farmers? But you're right. And, and any elevator any elevator operator listening knows very diverse customer base anymore from your young to your older farmers. So the, the generational thing is huge and, and people do need to think about how they tell that story. So I think that that's a, that's a really good point. Well, there's another reality, Jason, of the marketplace that these people probably need to be made, uh, made aware of. I believe we're going to have half the number of farmers that we have right now in 10 years. Oh my goodness, did you just say 10 years? Yeah, I said 10 years. No, there's still going to be the person that has a farm on paper, that has five acres and a chicken uh, and, and an herb garden. I'm talking about farmers of consequence that are producing the large level of commodity product that your customers serve, meaning the elevators serve. 
we've got this happening because of autonomous equipment, because of huge technological advancements, because right now when you're in a trough, as we are, where we're in a fifth year of a downturn, those who can expand are those with huge access to capital. Then there's the people that can sit because, okay, they've got inherited land and their capital position is pretty good. They're not going to expand, but they're also not going to contract. So then you've got the issue of aging. We've been hearing about the aging uh, farmer for a long time. Well, some of these farm guys can still do what they do, but some of them are going to say, why would I deploy $6 million of capital every year to break even? Why don't I just take a walk or just rip my ground out? And so I, I think we're probably 10 years away from seeing the number of farmers of production quantities that are substantial be cut in half. And if that happens, how many folks do the elevators serve? Half as many as they do right now with the same level of the same handle. Right. Okay, well, these have been some great points, and we appreciate Damien having you on. Do you have any other, uh, a couple other points for elevators they could use, be it advertising, marketing, uh, sales? Sure. Well, since I, I think of an elevator listener or an elevator operator that's listening to this show, and you know they heard me talk about the sporting clays thing, and I think it's important to also understand this: if anybody in this uh, listenership that has shot a shotgun at a moving clay target or a moving bird. There's one thing you must understand. You don't shoot where the target is. You shoot where it's going, right? You, 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 you throw your shotgun out there, you, 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 you move it across the sky, and you pull the trigger when you're three feet in front of that target because that's where the target is going. And I think that what we talked about when Roger was uh, commenting a little bit ago, he said, we're always playing defense. We're always on our heels. Well, that's exactly what we do. We shoot where the target is. Instead of being forward thinking, saying, here's where the target is going. I just told you that we're going to have half the number of farmers 10 years from now. And you're saying, oh, I don't believe that. Okay, 15 years, whatever. So I was off by five years. Five years is a blip in the world that we live in, right? And so if that's the case, why are we still out here shooting where the target is versus shooting where the target is going? So I think that's an important distinction. Talked about playing defense. And we have this idea that we don't need to spend, and then sometimes we still in agriculture say things like, well, if they're spending money on advertising, they must not be doing very well. Well, that's ridiculous. What industry thinks that other than commodity mindset industries? So I said you can be a commodity producer without being a commodity mindset. Give me an example before we go away here. My favorite product, my one of my favorite products is well, Coors Banquet. My other favorite product is Coca-Cola. I love Coca-Cola. I drink two or three Cokes a day. Coca-Cola is probably one of the best-known brands on the planet. Can we all agree to that? Certainly we can. In 2017, Coca-Cola spent 11% of their revenue on their marketing and customer outreach and branding initiative. And you're saying, okay, well, I'm not, I don't need to be Coke. Well, okay, that's true. You don't need to sponsor a NASCAR. You don't need to have billboards all over. But just answer me this, dear elevator operator, is Coca-Cola a better-known product than you or not? Well, you don't need to answer it, dear elevator operator. Coca-Cola is obviously better known than you. Are you spending any percentage at all of your revenue on your marketing, branding, and outreach? Because that's what I think we need to be looking at. Does it need to be 11%? No. Are you a consumer brand? No. Do you need to sponsor a NASCAR? No. But you know what you need to do? You need to be out there. And again, marketing is telling the world who you are, advertising, telling a specific segment of the world what you can do for them. And sales is calling on those customers and saying, how can we do this for you to help you make more money? Absolutely. I think this is, I really appreciate having you on. And this is the biggest thing I think for grain elevators to, to really tackle. They're good at so many things, but the marketing is, 
is uh, lacking in so many so many places that we see across the country and just being able to tell that story and yeah dedicate some time some thought to it some some resources uh and so hopefully you've you've picked up some good pointers here i know i know i've really enjoyed uh, having you on but so finally damien how can how can we get a hold of you listen to you follow you well, first off, when you want to have me back on the elevator's cut, I would be happy to do so. I actually like you guys. And I don't like most people, but I like you guys. And then the other thing I'd like to point out is if any of your listeners are out there and they're saying, hey, wait a minute, I've heard of this guy. Because, yes, I've done speeches for the Grain Elevator and Processing Society. I've done uh, events for uh, grain dealers associations. But if you would like to bring me to your next meeting, DamianMason.com is my website. That's D-A-M-I-A-N, Mason like a bricklayer.com, at Damian Damian P. Mason on Twitter. I've got the Business of Agriculture podcast. You can find it uh, all over social media, Facebook, Damian Mason, professional speaker. I'd love to follow me, like me, stalk me, whatever works for you. And thanks for having me on the Elevators Cut. Yeah, we really appreciate having you. You, uh, I know those listening may not may not be able to grasp this, but but he's an even bigger deal than the Elevators Cut. He has, has more of a following, right? So we appreciate you having you on, uh, slumming it with us today. But it was... Uh, We've learned a lot, and like you said, you know, reach out, reach out. He's uh, he's got some really great stuff. We're having him at our big conference this year right now. Is, is how how we got him on the on the podcast today. So um, excellent having you, and we appreciate everybody listening to the Elevator Cut.